today we're going to be learning all about foundations. Hi, this is Chris from N3 Architects, and thank you for tuning in to the Home Design Academy podcast. I'm a licensed architect, and I'm here to help your average homeowner understand the complexities of design and construction so that they can make better decisions when they build or remodel their house. And now on to the show. Listen, I know as a homeowner, you are not going to be engineering your foundation, and there's a lot more exciting things to talk about when designing your house, but there are some certain things that you should know and certain terminology that will be helpful when you're talking with your architect or talking with your contractor so you can have an intelligent conversation with them. And at the end of this conversation, I hope you're going to learn something about the most important part of your house, the foundation. Okay, to start off, a foundation is the part of the structural system of a house or a building which anchors the building and transmits the load down to the earth. I want to stress to you how important they are. Along with the framing of your house, it is the most important, the most critical piece to get right. And you need to get it right from the start. A miscalculation in the layout of the foundation could not only result in structural issues, but if a foundation wall is poured to the incorrect dimension or out of square, it could really mess up the design. It could mess up the, the room layouts. And if there's corrective work that has to happen, it's going to delay your construction schedule. Building foundations are generally broken down into two types, shallow foundations and deep foundations. Now, when we're talking about houses and small commercial projects, we're mostly talking about shallow foundations. But the type of foundation used is usually determined by a few things. Number one, the building size and the amount of force and weight that's being transmitted to the earth. The climate and the frost line for that region, because foundations must extend below the frost line or else you're going to have problems. The soil conditions and the type of soil and the bearing capacity of the soil will also affect the foundation design. Topography also plays a big role if you have a flat site, if you have a sloping site, or if you have a severely sloping site. The materials that are usually used, the vast majority of foundations in my region, which is the Northeast United States, are poured in place concrete. There are, however, many regions where the footing and slab will be a poured concrete, but the foundation walls and piers are concrete blocks. You never want to build a foundation out of a material that will rot or decay. Let's go over some definitions that will help you have conversations with your builder. First off is the footing. Now the footing is the wider section of concrete at the bottom of the foundation wall which distributes the loads over a wider area. A continuous footing is a footing that's underneath the foundation wall. An isolated footing is a footing that you would find under a column or a pier. And a combination footing is where you have two or more columns coming down onto the same footing. 
raft or mat foundations. These are the type of foundations that are spread across the entire area of the building. The entire basement slab acts as the foundations with the loads spread evenly across the entire slab. And these are usually used when the soils are very weak and cannot support the loads. Reinforcing steel or rebar are steel rods that are set into the concrete. If you don't know, concrete performs very well in compression, meaning it can support loads pushing down against it, but it performs poorly in tension. And the steel rebar will make it so the concrete can absorb some of these tension loads. Now the size of the rebar are based upon the loads put on the foundation and the footing. Rebar can be installed horizontally to help support vertical loads down on the foundation, or it can be installed vertically to help with horizontal loads pushing against the foundation wall, such as a retaining wall that needs to support that weight of that soil. Houses with full basements, the concrete wall acts as a retaining wall because it's actually holding back that soil. Slab-on-grade foundations don't need the vertical reinforcement because the soil loads on both sides of the wall equalize the pressure. A keyway is a void which is cast into the footing, which when the concrete wall is poured on top, it acts as a connector point between the footing and the foundation wall. Formwork, which the concrete is poured into, is removed once the concrete is cured, these can be either constructed out of wood and discarded, or you can use reusable forms. You may have heard of insulated concrete forms. These are great. I highly recommend them. They have insulation on either side of the formwork. This formwork stays in place, and you have insulation already in place once your concrete is poured. A pier is a round or a rectangular concrete foundation used to support a beam or a column. A typical residential use for a pier would be for a porch or a deck. You may have heard of pile foundations, which are very deep foundation systems consisting of a series of structural piers that are mechanically driven and pounded down into the earth until they reach solid bedrock below. Typically, you're going to find these on large buildings or buildings with poor soil near a waterfront area where the soils can't support the heavy loads. Caissons are very similar to piles, except they're drilled out. Now, caissons can support much larger loads than pile foundations. If you're building a house, you're probably not going to have a pile or a caisson foundation system. A grade beam is a concrete beam which is poured in place at the grade level and spans across the top of several piers. The beam transfers the loads and then the soils can be backfilled against them. If you happen to be building a house in a region that does not have any freezing conditions, a grade beam can sometimes be poured directly on top of the soils and that's the extent of your foundation system. I want to stop right here and talk about the design of your house, a simple design versus a complex design and what they mean for cost implications. It's very easy to understand. 
that a simple rectangular foundation is much easier to install and much less expensive to install than one that has several jigs and jocks. Every corner you add to the house adds complexity and adds cost to the construction. Some houses have projections and bump outs all over the place just to make the exterior look nicer. And you have to weigh the pros and cons of having a complex design versus having a simple design and understand that each one of these little bump outs is costing you money and it's costing you time. And I personally like to keep the foundation and framing systems as simple as possible. I'd rather take that money that you saved in a complex foundation and a complex framing system and reinvest it into better insulation systems and a better building envelope. Whenever you're talking about foundations, you're always going to have to deal with waterproofing and water concerns. Concrete will wick water through the foundation, especially if you have an absorbing type of material on the inside, such as if you have fiberglass bat insulation placed up against the inside of your foundation wall. Well, that fiberglass insulation is actually going to suck water through the wall. You always need to add waterproofing to the exterior face of the foundations. To save money, sometimes you can get away with a material that's called damp proofing, but I'd rather spend a little extra money and go with a full two-coat waterproofing system. A lot of times, foundations have to withstand hydrostatic loads. Depending on the type of soils you, ha you have and the level of the groundwater, you could have water pressure pushing up against the outside edge of that foundation, and your foundation needs to be strong enough to withstand that load. So if you're in an area that has a high groundwater table or really thick clay soils, you should be talking to your engineer, talking to your builder, talking to your architect, and making sure that there's reinforcement to withstand those hydrostatic loads. 20 years ago, foundations were rarely insulated. Rarely. 10 to 15 years ago, at best, you might find rigid insulation down the face of the concrete wall and maybe around the edge of the slab, extending out five, about 5 feet. And hardly ever would you see any insulation installed in a residential construction, unless you're talking about finishing a basement, but this is not, that's not what I'm talking about here. These days, foundation insulation is required in most regions, and it is a good idea for all construction types, in all areas, in all climates. I highly recommend that you install a minimum of 2 inches R10 insulation underneath your entire basement slab, whether it's a full basement or a slab on grade. I also recommend that same 2-inch R10 installed vertically down the face of your foundation wall. This can be on the outside of the wall, especially if you have rigid insulation added to your exterior framed wall. Extend that straight down your foundation all the way to the footing. If it's a slab on grade situation, you can still bring the, the rigid insulation down the exterior or you can even bring it up the interior of the foundation. Adding insulation around your foundation will result in a more comfortable house. It will result in lower heating and cooling costs. Now there are many other more complex and specialty types of foundations and slabs out there, but building a house or a small commercial structure, you would typically never need to use them. So that wraps up our quick talk on foundations today. I hope that you've learned something. Remember, keep it simple. Make sure you have the proper reinforcement. Make sure you have the proper loading based upon your soil types. Make sure you waterproof your foundation. Make sure you add insulation. 
And most important, make sure that everything is double and triple checked before the foundation is poured. Remember, you can send an email to hda.n3architect at gmail.com. Or if you'd rather do a quick recording, go to speakpipe.com slash home design academy. That's speakpipe.com slash home design academy. And I'll see you in the next episode. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Home Design Academy podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and learned something along the way. Make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you'd like to have your question answered on the Ask an Architect segment, please send an email to hda.n3architect at gmail.com. That's hda.n3architect at gmail.com. Visit n3architecture.com for all the show notes and other useful information. Tune into the next episode. Thank you and goodbye.